When I was growing up, my mom had a plaque in the kitchen that read, God, grant me patience, but please hurry. <laughs> and I just, for some reason, that was in my head. And this morning I'm going to talk to you about patience and from a uh, sermon by Melvin Newland. The Apostle Paul in the fifth chapter of Galatians tells us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll evidence the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This morning, we're going to look at patience. And I always say, I preach what I really need to know. And I'm a very impatient person, so I'm going to be listening to my own words this morning. I cannot think of virtue, a virtue that is more desperately needed or harder to produce in our lives than patience. The story is told of a young Christian man who went to an older Christian for help. Will you please pray for me that I may be more patient, he asked. So they knelt together, and the old man began to pray, Lord, send this young man tribulation in the morning. Send this young man tribulation in the afternoon. Send this young man. At that point, the Christian blurted out, No, 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 I didn't ask you to pay for, pray for tribulation. I wanted you to pray for patience. Ah, responded the wise old Christian, it's through tribulation that we learn patience. Well, if that is so, maybe we ought to begin by asking the question, what is patience? Let me give you some definitions. Patience is self-restraint, which does not hastily retaliate against a wrong. Hmm. That's pretty good. When someone does you a wrong, how do you respond? With patience or with anger? Here's another. Patience is the ability to accept delay or disappointment graciously. How do you deal with delay or disappointment? For some, that's really tough. Yet patience is the ability to accept it without becoming upset. And here's another. Patience is the powerful attribute that enables a man or a woman to remain steadfast under strain and continue pressing on. Maybe that's where some of you are. You're dealing with difficult circumstances. You're raising a child or you're caring for aging parents. Or maybe you have a loved one who is ill and you've spent long hours at the hospital or nursing home. You're weary, but patience is the quality that says, this too will pass. It's almost over. I can keep on keeping on. But here's another definition. Patience is a calm endurance based on the certain knowledge that God is in control. The story is told of an artist who went to visit an old friend. When he arrived, she was weeping, and he asked why. She showed him a beautiful handkerchief that had great sentimental value, but it had been ruined by a spot of indelible ink. The artist asked her to let him have the handkerchief, which he returned to her by mail a few days later. When she opened the package, she could hardly believe her eyes. The artist, using the ink blot as a base, had drawn on the handkerchief a design of great beauty. Now it was more beautiful and more valuable than ever. Sometimes the tragedies that break our hearts can become the basis for a more beautiful design in our lives. Be patient with the hurts over which you have no control. In God's hands, they may become a source of healing, help, and, yes, beauty. 
Well, as desirable as patience may be, as the young Christian found out, it's not easy to develop patience. For instance, I think developing patience is difficult because it goes against human nature. We're born patient, aren't we? When a baby wakes up in the middle of the night and is hungry or his diaper's wet, doesn't it lie there and think, I know mom and dad are tired, so I'll just wait till a more convenient time to let them know when I need something to eat or my diaper change. No, no. That baby cries impatiently and continues to cry until it receives the attention it demands. Children aren't very patient. Have you ever traveled with a child? Show of hands. Oh, yeah. This could be quite an experience. I made many, many trips with my son Jed between here and Oklahoma, and he would ask me how far. And we developed a um, theory because he watched He-Man, and I'd say, well, he knew He-Man show was like half an hour, so I'd say, well, it's like 15 He-Man shows, you know, 18 He-Man shows. <laughs> so that helped. But how about the little four-year-old boy who was traveling with his mother and constantly asking the same question over and over again? When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? Finally, the mother got so irritated that she said, we still have 90 more miles to go. So don't ask me again when we're going to get there. Well, the little boy was silent for a long time, and then he timidly asked his mom, Mom, will I be still be four when we get there? <laughs> now, here's the second reason why developing patience is difficult. It's because they're the weeds of pride, selfishness, and anger that can choke out the fruit of patience. A couple of years ago, a survey revealed that we have become an impatient and oft-times angry nation. You see it at work. You see it in school, and you see it on the highways. A man's car stalled in heavy traffic just as the light turned green. All of his frantic efforts to get the car started failed, and a chorus of honking horns behind him made matters worse. He finally got out of his car and walked back to the first driver behind him and said, I'm sorry, but I can't seem to get my car started. If you go up there and give it a try, I'll stay here and honk your horn for you. <laughs> now, nowadays... You might get shot, so be careful with that. But thirdly, patience is difficult to develop. It's contrary to our culture. We don't live in a relaxed culture. Go to most third world countries today and you'll find a much different lifestyle. They're more laid back. They think whatever happens, happens. It'll be all right. And they wonder why we are so uptight. It's because we're on a fast track and in a rat race. We're in a world of fast food and quick print and expressways and 10-minute oil changes and instant cameras and microwaves. There's even a church in Florida that advertises a 22-minute service. Go there, and they promise that in 22 minutes, it'll all be over, and you'll be out of there. Well, don't get your hopes up. That's not going to happen here. One Calvin and Hobbes comic strip pictured his father sitting on a computer saying, it used to be that if a client wanted something done in a week, it was considered a rush job, and he would be lucky to get it. Now with modems, faxes, and car phones, everybody wants everything instantly. About that time, Calvin walks up holding a microwave dinner, reading the instructions. It takes six minutes to microwave this. Who's got that kind of time? I think another reason that patience is difficult to develop is because we have convinced ourselves that impatience is a virtue. So you hear people say, well, I might be impatient, but I get things done. We like type A personalities, hard-charging people who get things done, and somehow impatience is seen as a virtue. But listen to the Bible. 
Proverbs 14.29 says, A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. Proverbs 15.18 says, A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. Patience is a virtue. And again and again, the Bible teaches us that we need to develop this virtue in our lives. A young man was very upset with his mother. They had argued at work, and he wrote her an angry letter, giving all the things he felt that were wrong with her. It was a very nasty letter, and after sealing the envelope, he handed it to a co-worker to mail it for him. Well, the co-worker knew what was in the letter, so he put it in his pocket. Maybe he'll have second thoughts about it. I can always mail it tomorrow, he thought. The next day he went to work and his friend was sitting all forlorn saying, Oh, I wish I had never written that letter. I'd give a hundred dollars to have it back. Well, you know what happened, don't you? His friend pulled it out of his pocket and said, Here it is. But in real life, we don't get them back, do we? In real life, words fly out there and they continue to wound and hurt again and again. Well, are you convinced that we need to develop the virtue of patience? But how do we do it? Let me give you four suggestions. The first suggestion is the same with every one of these virtues. How do we develop love? How do we develop joy? How do we develop peace? How do we develop patience? The answer is always the same. Abide in Christ. Jesus in John 15:5 said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man abides in me and I am him, will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So it is important to receive the nourishment that only Jesus Christ can give. We cannot produce patience unless we're abiding in Christ, unless we're walking in his steps, unless we're reading his word, unless we're growing in our prayer life, unless we're spending quality time worshiping and fellowshipping with brothers and sisters. There are other things we can do. For example, we can just slow down. Has it struck you strange that the company that advertises you deserve a break today is a fast food restaurant? <laughs> Come on in. Let's see how fast you can take a break today and then get back right out there. God came up with the idea of the Sabbath day, a day to worship and rest. Our bodies need it. Our minds need it. Our spirits need it. We need time just to sit and reflect on God and what God is doing and absorb God's teaching. So take a walk. Spend some time in the park. Watch children play and listen to birds sing. Read a book. Plant a flower and watch it grow. And thirdly, we need to overlook the little frustrations of life. Warren Wibersee tells about the time he picked up a hitchhiker who was kind of a hippie. As they were riding along, they came to a detour that took them off the main road into a twisting, hilling farm-to-market road. With a, we, Wisserby said, I was soon fretting around, anxious because we were wasting so much time and complaining about the chuck holes in the road and we were just being forced that we were just being forced to use. Finally the hitchhiker leaned over and said, Hey man, don't sweat the small stuff. That's a good lesson for all of us to learn. But what about those big things we're just not capable of dealing with? What do you do when the big stuff comes along? What do you do when you go to the doctor and he tells you you have a serious illness? What do you do when you lose your job? What do you do when your children disappoint you or your spouse leaves and life is empty? What do you do? The Bible says there are some things we just can't handle on our own and that we'll never be able to handle them without God's help. 
There's a beautiful illustration in the 14th chapter of the book of Exodus. Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt in bondage, and they are standing on the bank of the Red Sea. Before them is this great body of water, and behind them they hear the hoofbeats and the chariot wheels of Pharaoh's army. They are caught between the sea and an army. What do you do in a situation like that? They turned and cried out to Moses, Moses, weren't there enough graves in Egypt? You led us all the way out here to die in this God-forsaken place. And then Moses speaks, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord that God will bring you today. The Egyptians you see, you will never see again. Now listen to verse 14. It's such an important verse. Moses said, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So, fourthly, it is critical that we be still and wait on God to come and bring the big stuff because our God can handle it. Amen.